The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't help but feel good. I can't help but feel fine. Everything is in its place and all of it is mine. My name is Tom Donovan. I'm here with my co-host, Gail Nastasia, author of The Fruit You Never See. We want to welcome you to our show, All Things Recovery. Here we discuss all topics regarding mental health, substance abuse, treatment options, and the mental health system itself. We cover all these topics by inviting guests from all facets of recovery, treatment, enforcement, and policy. The door is wide open and we want to be a resource for you. We take topic suggestions and welcome feedback. This show is always dedicated to my friend and recovery warrior, Craig Barnaby, who dedicated his life to the well-being of others. Today, we have Melissa Lazinski from the One Stop Harm Reduction Center program of the North Shore Health Project. I got it right. You did. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. So, Melissa, would you want to kind of introduce yourself and tell Gail and I a little bit about what you do and what your program is? Sure. Um, my name's Melissa. I am from Gloucester. And... What I well, One Stop is a harm reduction center, and we are a project a program of the North Shore Health Project, which mm -hmm. was started way back to help folks who had HIV and AIDS. Um, one Stop, we do a ton of <clears throat> a ton of harm reduction work. My particular job, my role, is the overdose um, follow ups. People in the five different communities. Nice. Um, we have community partners in, in those areas, and we'll get together if there's been an overdose reported or 911 has been called. We'll wait a day or two, and then we'll go out to that person's house, just check on them, let them know somebody's here, um, nice. leave them with Narcan, resources, and, of course, um, our door's always open to them. Sometimes I partner with the police of different communities. Beverly is really one of our busiest um, and most cooperative. Okay. <laughs> um, I work with Sergeant Brown there, and nice. we go to people's houses, and we provide support for, you know, after an overdose. And, um, yeah. Well, it's interesting. what I do. It's interesting because of, um, you know, the role of police has changed, you know, yeah. as a former cop. I mean, I, 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 I love to see the community involvement, you know, because... At the time I was a cop, there really wasn't a lot of focus on that. Right. You know, their idea of helping people was definitely different. The only tool they had was arresting people that they knew. Right. I don't know that's how much that's question. changed in Lawrence. Right. I don't know. I yeah, mean, every community is different. Right, because, I, I mean, in Gloucester, I I was a child in Gloucester, and it wasn't, but it was that was a long time ago, obviously. Yeah. What our viewers don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> what viewers don't know is Gail and Melissa have a history and know each other for a very long time. Very long time. Yes. So a we'd like time. to we'd like to talk about harm reduction because it is a topic that I, I don't want to say I guess I could say it's controversial at best. It's controversial. And Tom will say that I disagree with harm reduction, <laughs> but I don't necessarily disagree with it. <laughs> I just I just know that it's a, a long process to get somebody. And I mean, I think it's a good idea to keep people alive long enough so that they have the right. opportunity to get well. 
But at the same time, I wonder if they will get well if they right. don't have the opportunity to get out of here. So that's right. my kind of my conundrum, I guess. That's where I... And maybe you could tell us, you know, yeah. you know what harm reduction is, but maybe right. you could explain a little bit more about what that actually is. So basically, what, like Gail said, we are trying to keep people alive yeah. um, by any means. Um, we're also trying to cut down on the spread of disease and HIV, Hep C. Yeah. We do a lot of sexual health testing as well um, and referrals to treatment for those um, that test positive for any of those. Uh, a lot of what we do is provide people with clean supplies, clean syringes. Um, we don't just give them away. Usually the hope is that they bring them back as well so that, you know, you're not finding syringes on your local beaches or on the sidewalks. It's, you know, yeah. public health yes. issue. So a lot of what we do is um, give people clean supplies to do drugs and uh the gazillion ways that people have found to use substances. And it is, yes, to keep them alive long enough that maybe they want something better. But also it's just meeting people where they are. Like, yeah, we scrub the idea of drugs bad, people who use drugs bad. Yeah, no. stigma. Yeah. Stigma. They're just people that yeah. have used substances or found this as a way to survive whatever they've gone through. And maybe they will someday decide abstinence is the way, but maybe they'll just stop shooting drugs and sniff drugs. I mean, harm reduction, yeah, it's so broad. You're just meeting people really? where they are. Yeah. And my perspective doesn't come from a perspective of, as you know, or mm -hmm. both of you know, isn't one of judgment. Right. I'm not right. saying you're, you're bad if you use drugs. What I'm saying is there is right. a better way to live. And right. I don't know that I would have come to that if I still could have used what was my solution for all those years, right. you know, but in, and in my case, it was my body that, right. Right. That stopped me. But well, the one reality is drugs are out there and they're not going away and you can't stop. No. I mean, we could try to, we could try to enforce our way out of it. I'd, yeah. Well, the war I've been involved failing for how long <laughs> I've been involved in that war of drugs for a long time. And I can tell you in 25 years, I've not seen any reduction. You know, so we, uh, and I think the harm reduction is a different path, a re more realistic path on how do we help these folks. See, sadly, right. and this might sound like a conspiracy theory, but sadly, I'm of the thinking that there's a reason to keep people in that place. Like there, there are people who want people to be in that place. And, and because of that, definitely. because the solution really isn't in keeping people there, it's in changing why people get there to begin with. We were talking about right. this on the way we were. Right. here. Like, why is this such a big problem? Why do people seek right. solace or relief or comfort in that way? Like, what is the, right. you know, what's causing that <laughs> disconnect, right. you know, that spiritual unrest, we'll call it. Well, you, you mentioned it in previous discussions, pain. Pain. It's right. all why, pain. Why, why am I in so much pain? Yeah. Pain. And that's the thing. Um, I would love to see everybody in therapy. I think everybody deserves to be in therapy. Everybody deserves an hour a week, but it's all about them. However, the shortage of available therapists is astronomical. And money to yeah. pay. And, yeah, oh. money to pay. I could tell you as a therapist, the, there's the systematic struggles. The yes. systematic struggles to, to actually be a therapist. First of all, it's a very expensive degree. 
and then over, obviously the um, the reimbursement and the income is not there, and the struggle with the insurance companies hmm. to get claims paid. And, and there's a reason for that, right? And this is what I was saying. Like that's there are but people I can who honestly want people tell, to stay in, right? And I can honestly tell you, it's been. I don't know what is happening in the industry because I work at a treatment center in New Hampshire. It's getting worse to deal with the insurance companies. I'm working at sobriety centers in New Hampshire. I don't mind putting a plug in for them, but 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 what we're what we're starting to see is that people aren't getting granted the care, and we have to constantly argue with them. Right, and and it is a struggle. But um, to get back to harm reduction too, right? There's lots of different forms of harm reduction. Tons. And we were talking a little bit about methadone. And yep. There's suboxin. There's subutex. There's a whole. There's sublocaine now. Um, there is, is there is supplicate. Supplicate is, um, I don't know a ton, but um, I do know an addiction specialist nurse who, uh, oh, I'm sorry, substance use nurse. Um, supplicate, it, it's like Suboxone, but it's an injection you usually put in your stomach, and it lets go of a little bit day by day. One of the huge benefits that our clients have seen is that um, it's every 28 days you go get a, a second shot. You know, you go get the next shot or you don't. It slowly comes out of your systems to the point where you're not actually in withdrawals. You don't go through, like, Suboxone or methadone right. if, if you get kicked off the clinic or you move out of state and you don't get hooked up right away and you don't get access to, to those meds. You're going to be in agony. You're going to be sick. You're going to be... Well, that's why I mean, a lot of people yeah. relapse. So people relapse, right. And, you know, people are dying. But the supplicate, it gradually leaves your system, so you can mm -hmm. choose to stay on it for as long as you want and get that shot every 28 days. Um, you can choose to, I believe you can choose to get it once every two months if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But it, it, we saw it really do wonders for somebody who shot dope for 25 years, never thought he'd get out of the woods, never thought that he would live a normal life, and he said, well, I don't have anything else to lose. I've tried everything else. I'll try it. I'm a huge proponent of medicated-assisted recovery yeah. or, or abstinence that doesn't um, affect the mental health or, or it doesn't right. change the way people right. feel because that's like half the battle, right? Because right. people want to feel good or feel better. So, right. right. It's not about getting high. Right, right. And so, so too, you know, the goal is hopefully to get people to move on in their lives. How do you move on in your life? You got to go to the methadone clinic every day. Yeah. Well, for some people, it's as simple as Just they get to go alive. to the methadone clinic every right. day. They go in the morning, they get the medicine that they need, and then they get to go on the rest of the day about their lives and mm -hmm. do normal things that we, the right. rest of us do. You know what I mean? Right. I mean for some, it's a lifesaver. It's right. a life-changing drug. It's helped a ton. And some people are on it 20 years. Some people are on it one yeah, year. See, I used it to get high. And so for me, because it, like right. it, it has that effect. It like it's that's the thing. If this is what somebody needs to get them through the day, then why? Right. Well, why, why, isn't, it all, why isn't it all readily available? Oh, I would love that. I, am, well, I know that Gail will probably disagree with me on this, but I think everything should be available. I think we should literally have a safe supply of whatever people need. I mean, Canada does it. It works. Well, how did we handle COVID? We got vaccinations pretty quickly, didn't we? We did. Well, but, but 
and and this is why I I I mean because you know I'm in recovery so right. I I know I've had this experience like if I'm using something to 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 ease my pain right. the pain doesn't change if I keep using it you know I'm that's still going to be there right so if I'm not doing something in addition and and I'm one of those people who really doesn't think you can get to that underlying stuff if you're covering it up with any, you know, kind of medicate, any substance right. that's, you know. Right. So how, how does that change? Right. I mean, so some, you say somebody could be on it for 20 years. I agree. And they can, they can move through the, the day, like, you know, pretending like. Right. Have a job, have a job, right. have family, show up at events. And some people, I guess that's okay with, but I want joy. Like, I, I know, right. I don't think I could feel that's that. That's the thing you just said, it. I want, and everybody should be able to have what they want. But as long I think, as it's not hurting somebody else. And to be honest, I would much rather have my loved ones on some sort of medicated assisted treatment than living outside in an alley. Right. Well, years maybe ago, not making it, you know. Opioids were prescribed. Yeah, right. that's how we got here. You're talking about that, too, on the way here. Opioids were prescribed. That's how we but, got here. Right. Well, you're absolutely correct. I don't know how many clients I've had. I just had one recently. Started on oxys, then went to perks, then went to fentanyl, then went to heroin, then committed multiple crimes in B and E's and did ten years in prison. Yeah, you know, and, and again functioning, he right. wasn't functioning. But yep. he, I think he's on actually subutense now, and he's. But again, it's not just it's not just the medication assisted treatment. There's got to no. be other parts to it, and you mentioned it. Right, counseling. So that was one of my questions. So, well, to, I have a couple of questions about it. The first one is, is it insurance-based? Is it is it something that, or do you offer free um, treatment? And then the second one is, um, what are the other things that people have to do in order to maintain or, or, or anything? So anything. every clinic is, is run a different way, depending on where you are, depending on what the federal regulations are. I know the methadone clinic has pretty strict regulations. Yeah. A bunch of different stuff, but um, you know, they're still drug tested, people are still drug tested. Um, therapy is, I believe, it has they have to see a therapist. The problem is for me, what I see is that again, people are not getting enough of what they need. Well, it's yeah. un unattainable, like we don't, we don't even know how to do it. I've myself. seen, um, yeah, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, go ahead. I've seen a lot of, especially particularly in this state of New Hampshire, Mass is a little different. Um, there were methadone clinics that had no clinicians. Right. And it's happening everywhere. And again, it's it is a staff shortage, but but again, people need that support. And there has to be a solution. Right. And to go back to your your statement about people don't want to get rid of this. Who benefits from it? People who are making money. That's why I asked about where it comes from. Like that's why I really think we should legally lawyers make money. Well, no offense, because I'm criminal defense. But it's a systematic. Well, and I think that legalize and regulate is really the only way through that. I just do. I think I'm I'm of that frame of mind as well. I mean, I think legalizing it, treating, offering people options, treat them with a maybe again, what's their goal for recovery? I can't make someone else's goal for recovery. Hopefully it's long, the long-term goal is absent. That's the thing. Recovery is such, I mean, that is the process of healing from something that has ailed you. I agree. I think that we're all in recovery every day. We're all trying to recover from something. 
no matter what it is, we something we all need to heal. We're, we've all had trauma. We've all oh had pain. God. Some of us are fortunate enough to have friends, family, supports that help us through that, financial advantages that others don't have. But I think in the, in the meantime, my goal for what I do is try to make sure every person I encounter knows that if, if they want to get high, get high. Go ahead. I, I want you out of pain, too. If there's a time where you don't want to anymore, let me know. I'll do that, too. You'll I'll send them whatever. to me. <laughs> I know, right? Because that's my, that's my right. job is to help people. Right. You, you said it too, Gail, and you said it too, Melissa. They are just people. They're not just people. They're no different than you and I. Oh, no. And, and a lot of the behaviors that come out of the addiction is what we see in society on, on the news. Right. You know, I put a thing on Facebook today, you know, because I had a nonprofit. I still do, but it's been has been struggling because there was someone that was very close to me that is very prominent. I won't mention his name, but what he said to me was, Tom, you can fight this fight, but people don't care. You know what's interesting? It, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. A lot of don't. people don't. But like, let them, let them die. I'm not saying that, but, but the ones that can make a difference. I mean, right. They don't, they don't understand, so they don't care, and it right. doesn't affect them. But in a way, it does. Right, because oh, we all live in ways that they're not willing to admit or even acknowledge. We're all here together. Mm -hmm. Love and kindness, equality. Yes. But that doesn't, we can't even do it at a world stage, yet alone at a local stage. I know. So, literally, that is just my mission my every friend. day. I learned that from my friend Gail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, treat, but people don't want to treat anybody as equal. Right. Everybody wants to be the best at whatever. No, there's room for every one of us it's to be really exactly who we are and who we're meant to be. If we treat addiction, and I've said this time and time again, if we treat mental health and addiction, we eliminate crime. Exactly. Well, it's but, but like I said, that was at the beginning of this discussion yeah. that there are people, and I know, I, I know that it sounds like some kind of a conspiracy theory, but I believe it completely. I don't believe it. People like are making the, too much money off addiction. Well, and, they don't want uh, drug it, use. Treatment. It keeps people... There's somebody to look down on. You know, there's somebody yeah. to be... Well, we come from different worlds here. Here's the interesting thing is we all come from different backgrounds. Melissa and I are very similar. No, but, we, see, but we work in different... I work in treatment too, but yeah. but the, the, I came from the law enforcement background and the legal background. We've seen behind the curtain of what those, what those systems do and why they don't want to get rid of this because it, it is. You know, you got to pay court fines. you got to... You know, people have to get their driver's licenses back and those oh. programs. Which yeah. is, it's that's a whole one of the, yeah, that's I'm like, gonna do, I'm going to do a whole TV show on that one. Right. <laughs> I get tons of people you can talk to that have struggled and but actually is. come out on the other side of that, most of them. But. but it's, you know, why not make a systematic, we've seen it in other parts of the world, Portugal and other parts of the world, yes. just create a system where we help people to be who they can be. Right. I don't want to say who they, who they really are. Who they are today. Right. Exactly. Who they are today. Because who they are today is, is well, just but, as But who they are today might not be. They could be 10 years it, from now. But it might not be acceptable yeah. in society. Right. right. I mean, there are people who are committing crimes. There are people who are, there is. you know, oh, absolutely. Oh, who are actively using, and that's why they, they're doing it. So yeah. we can't say, we, we can't meet them where they are. You know, we can't. I mean, we can, we can, we can personally, <laughs> but not in terms of, you know, systematically, right. right? They have to have some kind of 
we have to have some order. You know, there has oh, to be. There has to be. We're not talking about getting rid of the, the legal system or the law. I mean, look. But, I mean, but one problem I have is you label someone. If I label someone for the rest of their lives, what is that opportunity? Like, if you're a felon right. for the rest of their lives, what opportunity do I have to mow for? Exactly. You know, uh, can we do something different? Okay, maybe you're a felon initially, but if you're clean and you're doing the right thing and working on yourself, is there a some type of system in place where that could either be reduced, not cost them thousands of dollars to get it expunged, and there's a and there's it's a long process, but to but to allow someone to move forward if they're doing the right things. Yeah, I and and just I I mean give people credit for what they are doing. Yeah, is is my thing. People are getting up every day who don't want to. They don't want to. We all know it. That's why people use. That's why people find substances to begin with. They they just, you know, so they're fighting to live every day a life they're not sure they even want, but they're doing it. So like, how do we, how do we do even better as a society? Because yeah, um, I mean, you're worth being here. <laughs> so so you. absolutely, you. you are too. <laughs> and and I wouldn't have met you. Right. Not someone like you. I didn't know you had a police background. That's interesting oh. to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, too, um, I come from a family of six children. Oh. Every one of them is an alcoholic and addict and two are deceased. My parents did not drink or drug, but my grandparents did. So, really? So I really, I really understand. That's and how we connected because of my legal And also, too, um, my sister was a nurse running yep. Pediatrics at Pawtucket Medical and lost her life to addiction. That's awful. So it, it's, it's impacted all of us. And my brother, mental health too. My brother had mental health and substance right. abuse. And kind of a combination of that and the system didn't provide him the right care. Killer. So, so I, I, unfortunately, that's how a lot of us have has impacted us and I get it from multiple avenues. So, and now I get it from the counseling side too because it allows me the opportunity to help people independently at a level I want to. And what are the rules that, that you have to follow? Well, yeah, they, well, obviously, <laughs> curious, like, well, there's, there's a strict, that's why when we talk about treatment, that's why I love the model where you have the therapist, you have the peer recovery, you have the case manager because the therapist does have strict guidelines, right. but but the peer can come in and you know meet them where they're at. Not that I can't, but what if someone needs to go to a twelve-step meeting? Well, the peer could take them. Right, you can. And then that, I have right. the case manager that can, you know, help set up aftercare or set up their services. But and then you maybe you have a medical or a, a MET doctor or a medical doctor that can provide them their medical care. At least we're the, running out of those. Oh, we definitely. Yeah. Hey, before we it's, run out of, it's crazy. I'd love to find out, like, how does someone get treatment at your place, and what? Or do you treat everybody, and can someone just walk in, or anybody you know? can walk in? We have a drop-in center. Anybody can walk in and get what they need, whether it be clean supplies to use drugs or resources to get help. But it doesn't matter what it is. Clothes. So say I'm from sunscreen. Up in Gloucester. Come on, can I, can I come by? Can Absolutely. I, just saying, because, you know, we, we, we're we based all over. This show is based all over, but we do see a lot of yeah. people from New Hampshire. And, and, and I used we to actually, too, actually. 
You, you do. Absolutely. We, yeah. When I used to run the doorway in Concord, it was the same thing. We wouldn't turn anybody away. We didn't care what state you were from. Right. If you walked in and said you needed services, we would help. You. And he was on the police force in Massachusetts. I was. Wow. So yeah, he. We also why, we also have phones that people can text anytime that are private. Yeah. We we won't even get their number when they text. And we just have to tell us who we are. The substance abuse in that case. Because I'm from one of those. Yeah, That's, we've lost offices to those in Gloucester and everywhere, I think. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Yeah. Lawyers, too. Lawyers, too. Lawyers, yeah. everybody. That's what you do. Yeah. Addiction yeah. doesn't care. We are all the thing. Mm -hmm. We are. We, and it, it, it impacts all levels of society. Um, we, were, we, were all, we were all in recovery, the three. We had another guest. And the, the, the joke came to me: the, a lawyer, a lawyer, a cop, and a felon. <laughs> and it was a, yeah, it was really great. It was pretty funny. And um, yeah, all the same. Yeah, all we same. could solve it in this room. I we think could. so. I I can't. I mean, money, money is the reason that we don't have a solution that right. is working right now. Yeah, I don't agree. You don't I think agree? it starts way before money. Really? really? I think it's yeah. I think I think money is a, a motivator to get things done. I do think you know. Like if we could provide, have the money to provide everything what they need, you know, like it would cost less. I in, in, I advance, in advance, like not. Yeah, in, I'm not yeah. saying here. I'm saying like, okay, how do we get subutex? No, no. I'm, I mean, how do we get people to stop being in so much pain? Right. Yeah. Provide them the services right. that they can. Why is it so difficult to find a therapist? Why is it so difficult to find a psychiatrist? Why is it so difficult to find a medical doctor? You know, I, I actually have a family member that works in the medical field. That's another show. But the things that are going in that field. It's right unreal. Now, how about a hospital that doesn't pro, doesn't pay their bills so they can have, they're canceling surgeries because they don't have the supplies it, to provide that. So it's a big, we're talking a how whole bad big it is. systematic yep. thing that's going on right now. I mean, people are blaming COVID. They're blaming this. They're blaming that. You know, it's long before that. And, yeah, long Gloucester is a small place, but we have a community health center that now has no providers. But you know, you know why don't I we mean, take your model because it's an what? amazing model, <laughs> and why not put that everywhere? Oh, thank you. That's what I'm saying. I've been <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> I'd, love to see that downtown, that I'd love to see that in downtown Derry because in you know, yep. in real in reality, it's a need. Yes. It is. It is a need, and people I would need love a place to, to go. No, and I do agree. I do agree. Well, Greg yeah. Bonnie Center at some point maybe might be that. That was the intention of it. Really? It was. But again, it's been hard to raise money. And, um, you know, that's really what it comes down to. You've mentioned it, money, but it's hard. It, it comes down to what people want to get involved with. So. And what people want in their backyard. That's a tough oh, one. Oh, I've seen too. that too. It really is. So, um, I want to thank you, Melissa, for coming, and obviously... Thanks for having me. I want to thank my amazing co-host. <laughs> I made a point. Um, I love to be here. Yeah, and we enjoy, <laughs> and we want people to know that, yes, you can reach out to Melissa, you can reach out to any of us. Just yep. reach out, and that is really what matters. Yep. And um, seek supports. Yeah. Any supports. Any supports, you know? Um so what I'd like to say is, uh, you know, please continue to tune in to our show. You know, just want to let you know that we are here to provide a resource. But also, if you are in a crisis, don't forget to dial 911. 911. 
To seek services uh, in New Hampshire, call 211. And if you're suicidal, call 988, the Suicide and Crisis Line. Ask for help, seek support, and please do not do this recovery thing on your own because you don't have to. The supports are there. There are a lot of good people out there. There are people that will help you. You're looking at three of them right here. The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't.